Good morning. I need everybody that's named Benjamin. If you're taller than six feet, just raise your hand. If you're shorter than six feet, stand up. Where's the little man? I want you to look around the room right now. Who's named Benjamin right now? We need to make this real. How many Benjamins do we have? We have three. Oh, wait a minute. Nope, there we go. Four. All right, keep that in mind when I get started. But with that, I'm going to read a couple of verses first. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. I want you to remember when you were first born again, regenerated, and I want you to remember that joy and that love and that peace and that zeal. There's the, there's the gospel right there. You were an enemy. You were not at one with God. You needed a Savior. The Lord turned the lights on. You were in darkness. You got very excited. You realized your state. You realized where you were without the Lord Jesus Christ. You got excited. Nothing else mattered. Nobody could offend you. Nobody, there's nobody that could touch you in your first love. A couple more verses. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. It was evident. People saw things. They saw fruit. They saw joy. They saw peace. They saw love. It was obvious. The candlestick was lit. It was placed on a high spot for everybody to see. Things have happened since that day, your first love. Trying to damper it. Satan's got strategies. His strategy is to steal, kill, and destroy. His tactics are anything to achieve his strategy. Back in the day, in this book right here that Mr. Brock brought to us, he lived from 1625 to 1664. This was 645 pages before he got a hold of it because a lot more people died, Christians, and he doubled it. And that's where we have the martyr's mirror. That's, that's how old this work is. That's when he died. He brought us this work. He doubled it up. It's important for us to remember. This is the cloud of witnesses right now. They're cheering us on in our race, but it's a different time. Satan's strategy and his tactics back in this day was time and torture. 
He took away your time, and he added torture. Well, guess what that does? It's actually a good thing. You know why? Because it, it clarifies and purifies your convictions. Right. Makes everything clear. See, he's changed the strategy and the tactics today. See, now you have plenty of time. You have tech. You have toys. You have treats. See, he's changed the game. Still the same strategy to still kill and destroy. So there's these things that are trying to damper that light. See, the saints before didn't work. All it did was make it burn brighter and go further. Something to think about, I was considering mortality last night. People get cancer. All of a sudden, it's like they become more joyful, more peaceful. They're more clear as far as thinking about death is upon them, mortality. You want to know where you stand with God and how you stand with God. You examine yourself. Somebody examined your body and gave you a bad report. All of a sudden now, uh, maybe there's some fear and you want to extinguish that fear. What do you do? Your faith gets built up. It's incredible. Right. Tribulation, torture, lack of time. What does it do? Man, it, makes you, it, makes, it drives you back to the simple fact that, man, if, I, if, I, if I'm in the right position with God and the Lord Jesus Christ, I can face anything and do anything. Right. That's not how it is today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to read you about a martyr. His name is Benjamin. Benjamin, a deacon of the Church of Christ, after suffering many torments for the name of the Lord Jesus, put to death with a knotty stick in Persia, A.D. 456. I just want you to consider something real quick. This book has thousands upon thousands of martyrs mentioned in it. And you sit there and you start reading through it, and it's amazing. There's tons of letters that they write while they're locked up, and they're waiting to die. They're thinking about others. It's incredible, the selflessness that these people... Here they are, yes. their life is being threatened, and they're not thinking about themselves. This is incredible. Our lives aren't threatened, and we're the most selfish people you've ever yes. met. That's right. yes. So you've got to get a grip of this. And the only way you can do it is consider your mortality. You need to think about death more often. More specifically, your death. See, we put it off in the distance. People offend you every day. I'm going to offend you before I get done, getting down from this pulpit today. I'm going to give you an opportunity to be a Christian and love me, and forgive me, I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. I'm working on it. But guess what? The Lord put me in this body. I'm fulfilling my role, and I give people more opportunities. You guys that are quiet introverts, you annoy me. (laughs) My mind's over there thinking, what are they thinking? What's going on? I guess I'll just talk and fill up the airspace. And you're thinking, when's he going to shut up so I can get a word in? Anyway, it's a beautiful body, and we're all thinking the same way. These people all had the same response. It's one spirit. They all had the same response. They were all faithful, and they all shined their light. Let's get to Benjamin. This Benjamin was a deacon of the Christian church in Persia, who, when opportunity offered itself, also proclaimed the doctrines of the Holy Gospel to the people, at which, can't pronounce this word, the king of Persia took such offense that he caused him to be cast into prison, in which he remained without deliverance for two years. After this, a certain ambassador came to the king to transact some state business. Having heard of Benjamin and his dreary confinement, he besought the king to set him free. The king consented, yet on the condition that the prisoner should not speak to any of his magi or priests of the Christian religion or dispute with them. The ambassador promised the king in Benjamin's name that his command should be heeded. 
But when he came to Benjamin and admonished him to this, Benjamin answered, I do not wish to do what you have promised in my name. I cannot withhold the doctrine of the light of the gospel, which I have received from God, from others, not communicating it to them. For I have learned from the gospel how severely those will be punished, who bury the talent which has been given them to gain something therewith in the earth. In the meantime, the king, knowing nothing of the answer which Benjamin had returned to the ambassador, gave command to release him from his confinement. Benjamin, once more free, ceased not to exhort the people as before and to set the light of the holy gospel on the candlestick. When this had continued for about the space of one year after his liberation from prison, new complaints were brought against him before the king, who had brought before him and commanded him to renounce the God whom he served on pain of bodily punishment. Then Benjamin asked the king, What punishment, beloved king, does he deserve who deserts and renounces thee and thy government and submits himself to and serves another lord? The king answered, Such a man deserves punishment on body and property, yea, the severest penalty of death. Benjamin asked again, saying, What punishment does the man deserve who forsakes his God, the creator of all things, in order to exalt one of his servants as God and to give to a creature the worship due to God alone? These words so incensed the king that he commanded his guards to sharpen twenty reeds and to thrust them between the flesh and the nails of his fingers and toes. But when the king saw that the pious martyr endured all this with steadfastness, yea, regarded it but, a, but very little, he, after other torments, ordered the executioners to prepare a knotty stick, which by cutting away the branches was made as sharp as a stick of thorns. This he caused to be thrust into the nether part of his body and then pulled backwards and forwards until the faithful servant and professor of Christ ended his life under the hands of the executioners, like a defenseless lamb that is led to the slaughter and opens not its mouth. Amen. This guy is up there cheering you guys on right now. That's right. There's a faithful cloud of witnesses. He was faithful. Yeah. Our pastor, this is hilarious, so he used the word comfort zone. I hate to break it to you, but you're in a comfort zone right now. You have conditioned air, foam rubber seats, nice clothes on. No, there's no threat. There's nothing threatening you right now. And that's what makes me scared. There is a threat. Amen. And you have to be aware of it. But it's your job to figure it out. Our pastor does his job to tell you about it. Yes. Comfort zone is the word he used. We all have comfort zones. You need to blow them up. To be a Christian, you have to get out of your comfort zone. That's right. That's right. These, these guys, here they are. Everything was clear. They wanted to serve. They wrote letters to their children and their wives, admonitions, so everybody could remember, hey, hold fast. This is what's yes. important. Yes. That's what they told them. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, faith, the gospel, the good news, do this. Don't worry about me. I'm going on to a better place. And when that's your mindset, you can face anything and do anything. You have that confidence and that boldness, and it shows. You know people in here that are consistent. So apparently... Churches outside of here, they say that only 10% of the people do the work. 10% of the people are the, are, the, are the doers. They do the heavy lifting. That's a, that's a shame. Amen. So what that does is that puts the burden on that 10%. So those 10%, 
you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to turn a talent into five or a talent into two. They want to return. They're doing something. Right. What we're doing is sitting here with that one talent just waiting because we have time. There's nothing threatening us, but there is a threat. Joel, one more thing. Joel Osteen probably doesn't even know how to spell the word martyr. He's talking about your best life now, how you can be super comfortable. Yes. All the televangelists, that's all they're talking about, to pad their pockets. The great whore, same thing. All she ever did was taxed, charged, and condemned its followers and enemies. And here we are. Our case, we're blinded by a glorious light and glory of God and His Son, Jesus Christ, as presented in the gospel. He's lit a light. We need to shine it. We need to consider. And the way you can do that is by remembering that first love, remembering these guys right here in this book. It was written painstakingly. Let's remember these guys. Yes. Let's give God the glory. Amen. Amen.